Wave pool technology is progressing at a rapid rate, and commercially surfable wave pools are opening around the world. Welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. My name is Nick Robinson, and through my guests, we take a detailed look at this fascinating new game. Check us out on wavepoolmag.com. For your curiosity and stuff. Okay, so we're live. Good morning, Baptiste. So today we've got Baptiste and Clement with, uh, from Whitewater, and we're going to be talking about a really technical subject. Um, so let's let's get into it. But first of all, uh, Baptiste, how are you doing? Well, we're, do- we're doing fine. We're business traveling again now for about two to three months. So happy to actually come across customers, uh, to attend trade shows, and uh, to, uh, to actually uh, push forward more and more projects. So there's a good dynamics around surf parks. And now that we can travel, we can, uh, we can actually n- nurture that uh, dynamic. So that's pretty exciting times, yes. Yeah, and it's fantastic because the last time I spoke to you on the podcast, you weren't working for Whitewater, but now you've got a full-time job working for Whitewater, right? Exactly. I started uh, officially uh, just before summer this year, um, and I'm, I'm heading the sales efforts uh, for uh, Endless Surf at Whitewater uh, or across uh, the world. Obviously, I'm not doing it on my own. Uh, in addition to having the support of the engineers like Clément, I also have a team, uh, including Andrew, that looks after most of uh, the Americas, a little bit of Asia. Uh, Paul, the, 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 man, the CEO of the company, is also heavily involved. And uh, uh, obviously, we have uh, the entire Whitewater Salesforce across the world. That is about 80 people uh, in all regions that sell uh, every product of the company, not just Endless Surf. So it's a good, uh, obviously, network for us to come across a lot of leads. And, and then usually as uh, dedicated people working solely on Endless Surf, we step in and we work uh, alongside the Whitewater Salesforce to, uh, to ideally conclude all the deals. So, no, so there's a good momentum. Excellent. And, yeah, and talking about Endless Surf, Clement, you have been, he's also on the call. So welcome, Clement. Thank you very much for coming in. And uh, you've obviously been with Endless Surf from the beginning yes. and basically engineered yes. it all. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about what your day job is? Oh, a little bit of, of everything, uh, really. Um, yeah, I've been with Whitewater for two years now. And um, funny enough, I joined right before COVID. So actually COVID helps, on uh, you know, being home and just hammer work and simulation so it helps a lot on the design uh so uh, in a way uh, covid was kind of a blessing for for endless surf um so on my i'm in charge of the whole i would say um uh, r&d department and uh, the design of the product and uh, i mean most of the engineering is, is done now we we're really focusing on on uh, you know, kind of like new concepts and um, and uh, polishing the, the last, you know, little details of, of the product. Um, and uh, but I'm also working a lot with Baptiste, um, you know, on, on the cell size, on, on the product. We have a few projects now that are kicking in. So I'm also involved on the on the project side of things. So really uh, a little bit of everything and never get bored, really. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose every yes. day is different. And uh, also, Brian Dickerson's on the call. Thank you so much. Brian is our illustrious leader at Wavepool Mag. So how are you doing over in France today, Brian? 
Uh, we're doing great, just uh, getting ready to get out the newsletter and really excited to have Baptiste and Clément on here to uh, discuss intervals as we kind of go out into the, into the ether along the periphery of uh, standard wave pool technology and what's all involved. And I'm really, really anxious to learn all about this. So for people who have no idea about intervals, I mean, when I, when I, cause, cause I, to be honest, I don't actually have much idea about intervals. <laughs> so it's great. I mean, obviously I know about a period um, and we talk about periods in wave pools. So how does that equate to periods, intervals in, in wave pools? How does that, does that equate to periods in, in surf? In, in the ocean. Sure. So that's that's why we call it intervals and not periods, because uh, these are, uh, you know, common mistakes in the industry. People, when they say, oh, it's it's a six second, eight second period in this pool, people think it's actually uh, the wave is actually the period of the wave, the physical period is actually eight seconds. But really, it's actually, it's now, it's, it's completely different. And the eight second or the six second, it's actually the intervals in between two waves. Uh, so that's what we call the intervals and not periods. And, and we try also to not call it wave frequency because frequency is, it would be, you know, a number of waves for a certain amount of time. So intervals is the easiest one is the time in between two waves. So that's what we call wave intervals. So, okay. so a lot of, a lot of us with a surfing background and weather background associate intervals with uh, power. You know, a, a three-foot swell with a 20-second interval will be much larger than a three-foot swell at a 12-second interval. Did you have to unlearn some of that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, you know, even like in the pool, you don't see it, but the period of the wave is actually really small. I mean, it's, it's, it's less than, than, it's around, I would say, four-second period, uh, even if it doesn't look like it. But... Um, I mean, if you make a twelve, a real twelve-second period or a real eight-second period in the pool, it would be a total mess because with more period, as you know, there's more power into the wave. Um, so again, that's really what's what's happening in the pool. The period, no matter what the the wave you're making, the period of the wave never change. And and what is different between technology is the intervals in between the waves. So put, to put it in a very surfer's experience way, interval is basically the time between every wave. And so it's the time you have to actually paddle uh, uh, to the right position and then paddle into the wave. Uh, and that's it. That's, uh, that's as basic as this is. And, uh, and uh, clearly in most surf parks now across the world, that interval is always the same. Uh, uh, so it's something that is, is pushed on the surfers. Uh, if you go to places like uh, uh, like uh, Texas, it would be in the six plus range seconds in between every wave. And if you go to uh, Wave Garden Surf Parks, uh, it'd be in the eight eight and a half uh, second interval, so a little bit longer. Uh, um, Waco being a little bit shorter. So uh, that's, that's why would that be? Is. is it because Waco dissipates the wave more quickly, or why would there be six second intervals at, at Waco and and eight seconds in a wave garden? So I'll I think here Clément is the most interesting person to talk to because there there are tech items uh, and obviously productivity items. Yeah, I mean it, it depends. It depends actually on the technology. Um, you know, it's it's um, I think. 
it's um, how do you say it? you know different technology will have I'm sure like uh, the one in in Texas or the one in in, in Switzerland or the one in Australia uh, with the plunger will have slightly different um, different um, I would say intervals in between waves. Um, the thing is is like I think this this um, this intervals was actually designed at the beginning to try to meet like the, the famous 1000 waves an hour. And so if you want to do 1000 waves an hour, that's pretty much the, the frequency that you need. Um, I mean, the intervals in between waves that you need. But, you know, we saw that uh, when you try to do a lot of waves, you have, you have a lot of problems that comes with it. Yeah, can you talk about those problems that, that actually happen when you have a thousand waves per hour? So, because obviously there's dissipation of the wave and then you get a really choppy scenario. What, what, other, what, what real problems do you have when, you, when you're belting out a thousand waves per hour? What's interesting is uh, the, the, this 1000 wave uh, mark. Uh, and I think a little bit of history here helps understand. Uh, that was basically the claim from Wave Garden when they released their uh, Cove tech. Uh, back then, the idea was we have to make sure that the technology delivers a lot of waves. This way, there are more waves to be sold, so more revenue per hour. So my business model is going to be sustainable. So I think Cove introduced a whole new paradigm where sustainable man-made wave technologies had to deliver a lot of waves. And that's when that 1,000 wave thing came into the picture. But one, uh, basically 1,000 wave an hour, it's pretty much one wave every seven seconds on each side of the machinery. And that delivers 1,000 uh, wave. Uh, so I, I think from a business and a history perspective, it was interesting because I, I think it seduced a lot of potential developers, investors, because now they realize that the throughput could be pretty big. So the revenue could be pretty big. So the investment would be uh, profitable. Uh, now, what uh, history has told us, even through the course of the last two to three years, is that no surf parks operate at 1,000 wave an hour. Uh, what's interesting, uh, uh, when you make the wave counts in, in, in all places uh, uh, equipped uh, with that technology, they actually operate from 350 to max 600 waves an hour. Okay? So... So can I just stop you there, Baptiste, quickly? Yeah. Um, so, for example, if we look at Waco, Bristol, Melbourne, and Alaya Bay, for example, you re- so they're all operating in between 300 to 600 waves per hour. I mean, yes. no, yeah. no, no, Waco because it's making either left or right uh, at the time where where the one the Wave Garden parks are actually making left and right at the same time. So, uh, I would say Wave Garden systems will make twice as more as as, as Waco, but um, but yes, it's uh, that would be between all the wave garden parts between three fifty and, and 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 six hundred waves an hour. So Waco might be like three to four hundred, and then the wave gardens would be about five to six hundred, maybe. And I think we have Kelly Slater is at once every uh, three minutes, I believe. So let's do the math there. What's that per hour? Oh, that's simple. You divide by four, and you see the number of waves that you have per hour. Sixty by four, and you have your uh, your wave count. So that's uh, that's it. That's, what is what's uh, so? What's the answer then? <laughs> well, they're gonna they're gonna produce they're gonna produce pretty much uh, 14, 15 waves an hour, and uh, so cool. yeah, that that's Kelly. Uh, if you look at Waco, Waco is going to be anything from one hundred and seventy five to three hundred uh, waves an hour, 
And if you look uh, a, a cove, uh, uh, it's going to be anything from 350 to uh, 600. Okay. Okay, and then back to that 1,000 waves per hour. So why aren't people pushing out 1,000 waves per hour? Can we just talk about those problems that are associated with the pool when you are funneling out 1,000 waves per hour? So the, the first uh, 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 problem, and I'm, I'm going to talk about the surfing experience. Uh, Clem is more going to talk about uh, what happens in the water and what happens that you don't really see that is impacted. But basically, uh, if, if you, you have an interval from six to eight seconds, it means that you have to paddle into the wave every six and eight seconds, okay? Stand up, surf, all, uh, ideally all the way, and make a final turn and, and, uh, and, uh, and surf out of the wave. What happens with an interval that is so short is if you fall, by the time you actually recover, stand on your two feet, get control of your board and paddle out of the uh, uh, surfing area, the next wave is actually on you. Because six to eight seconds is a pretty short interval. Because if you fall, you're obviously not going to stand up right away. I mean, with, we're all surfers. So we know that uh, 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 getting control again of yourself, the board, blah, 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 is, pretty, uh, uh, is pretty intense. So the biggest item is, first of all, there is a level of stress that when you fall, you have to paddle out as, fat, as fast as possible. And the, uh, uh, the, 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 the second item uh, is there is a security issue uh, for the surfers themselves. And the amount, uh, the, the number of, uh, of times where surfers actually surf into one another, and I haven't been to any surf parks where myself when surfing, I have not seen this happening, despite you know, instructions given by surf guides, et cetera, et cetera. A, people surf into one another, uh, so there's a security issue, and it's obviously a liability issue for, for operators, uh, which is pretty big. Second, uh, there is also a pretty um, stressful uh, environment where you have to position yourself at the peak, turn around, paddle into the wave, etc., all within six to eight seconds, so it's a pretty stressful environment. Uh, considering too that the water moves up and down, moves right to left, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it, it's actually a lot more stressful than than paddling into a wave in the ocean, where you can actually see the wave coming. You have time to paddle into the right position, gain speed, blah blah blah. Which there, if you have to uh, to do all of this in six to eight seconds, it's pretty short. And what happens is, I don't know if you've noticed, but when you think of consumer groups that visit surf parks. You obviously uh, see a lot of short boards, but you don't see a lot of mid lengths. You don't see a lot of long boards. You don't see a lot of women surfing. And we asked uh, some of the operators uh, uh, why? Uh, how come uh, uh, we don't see long boarders, mid lengths, women, etc., uh, etc.? Et because when you surf in the ocean, those surfer groups, they're actually big groups. And uh, uh, the, the common feedback was the anxiety at the peak. To paddle into the wave, paddle strong, paddle fast, paddle out of the wave, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is, is a consumer experience which is not that friendly for one. So these consumer groups try the product, but they're they're not repeat customers really. So I think for the consumer, there is a little bit of anxiety, and there's a, also a little bit of security threat because potentially somebody's going to run into you. And and what happens is also if people keep falling, you have to let go of waves. 
so that uh, the surfer that has fallen has enough time to actually pa paddle out of the impact zone. So there's a lot of missed waves too uh, uh, in the pool because security obviously matters to every operator. So the surf guides in the pool, what they actually say is, let that wave go until the guy before you recovers and, uh, and paddles out. So I think that for uh, 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 the security piece is, is big for the surfer, but it's equally big to the operator. And, uh, and what happens too is, is potentially there are a lot of uh, lost waves because uh, uh, you have to give the time to people to paddle out of the zone. And that's lost energy as well. Obviously, lost, lost, lost money. Um, I, I did notice that during a surf session at the wave in Bristol where, you know, everyone just kind of finds their own rhythm. And uh, someone, the same, same surfer kept falling on the, on the first wave. So then everyone got in the cycle of letting a wave go by before taking off on the next one. And I asked one of the other surfers if uh, letting a wave pass before taking the next one, which everyone in the lineup did for the last half hour of the session, if, uh, if, that was, if the lifeguard had told them to do that. And mm. they said, no, they, we just kind of you know, figured it out. It seemed like a, a better way to go. And what, one last item from a consumer perspective, because uh, obviously with Clément, with the rest of the team uh, at Whitewater, we surf a lot of our uh, uh, lot of surf parks. And uh, last time we were there in one of those surf parks, uh, um, what happened is one guy fell, and despite all the instructions and the recommendation given by the surf guide before the surf session, the following guy didn't care. But like an, it can happen. And uh, uh, the, the, the guy just surfed right into the, the surfer before him and hit it straight in the back. And uh, uh, wow. so we all saw it. The guy, obviously, that, that had been hit was, uh, was hurt, but it was okay, etc. And the surf guide from the wall basically kicked out the surfer uh, that uh, had surfed into the other one. Uh, so he kicked him out. He basically said that he was a danger to the whole uh, uh, group of surfers there, blah, 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 blah. And the guy walked, uh, uh, paddled in, actually, and left the pool. And then what surprised me is that the surf guide talked to the remaining uh, 10 or 11 of us. And uh, he talked to us in a way that was kind of rude, uh, pretty, pretty aggressive. And, uh, and, and I said to the guy, well, come on, we, we were 12. 11 of us didn't do anything. So you have to talk to us normally. And the guy realizes that he was a little bit aggressive and says, well, man, you don't know how many times we do get across situations like this. I'm fed up. It happens all the time. People don't listen to instructions. They don't care if they're going to surf into one another, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's something that is obviously not comfortable when you surf. Uh, uh, and obviously, when somebody surfs into you, it's more than uncomfortable. And I think it's a big issue in terms of liability for, uh, uh, for surf park operators. And I'm pretty sure that if this thing goes, especially with these techs, people are, are just like when skiing, are going to start wearing helmets and protection for their, um, for, for their body, you know, because it, it seems to be a recurring uh, threat. So armor um, and helmets and maybe even like sort of, you know, gridiron football kind of armor might be a thing. But what are, what are, the, are there any other solutions that you can think of, Baptiste? Well, uh, first of all, just change the interval. Uh, uh, because remember this, this whole thing came because wave garden wanted to deliver 1000 waves. Uh, uh, but when you think of the consumer, 
surfing a wave every eight seconds is just not comfortable from actually paddling into the wave to potentially getting hurt. So just extend the interval. Why, why keep it at six or eight? Because even that, when you look at the operations, this 1,000 thing wave per hour is, is a myth. Nobody operates. So what you, and what you know is that basically every surf park per hour, depending the wave profile from a beginning, a beginner's wave to the most expert waves, they will operate from 600 to 350 waves. So instead of having a lot of waves, uh, because a lot of waves every second and a lot of time in between sets, well, just extend the interval and reduce the sets. But if you extend the interval, surely you are going to reduce the amount of surfers in the water per hour um, because they're all going to be trying to get their 10, 15 waves an hour. And if you reduce that, they're going to get five waves an hour with the same amount of people. Because obviously the wave pool itself wants to sell you sure. know, 40 people sure. an hour. So, whatever it yes, is. We, all, we all want to make sure. We all want to make sure that, yes, every surfer is going to get anything from 12 to 15 waves for sure. But you have to understand that an hour of surfing is actually made of two things. If you look at uh, uh, the existing surf parks, it's the number of waves per set and the interval in between every wave. And then it's the time where the pool cools down in between sets, okay? So our belief when we designed Endless Surf and Clément is gonna take over from here was to say, okay, let's extend the interval between every wave but let's significantly reduce the time between sets. So to your point, the time we lose because we don't produce a wave every seven seconds or eight seconds, okay? We're actually gonna gain a lot of it because the water is gonna be a lot calmer overall. So we don't need as much time between sets. So we're gonna actually create waves because more waves because we're gonna have less time in between sets. That's basically how the balance of the ability to deliver the same number of waves per hour is going to be met. But I'm, I'm, I'm handing this over to Clément. <laughs> yes, I mean, this is, uh, this is another advantages of, of um, you know, wave intervals. So if you, if you don't need to create a thousand waves per hour and now you're just trying to target and, and the 350 to 600 is actually for the biggest wave, it's going to be 350 because when you're making big wave at a high frequency, you're going to have more currents. The currents are going to develop faster than when you're making smaller wave at eight seconds. So the 350 is for actually the biggest wave and the 600 is actually for, you know, a uh, smaller wave. So now when you, let's say, I'm going to, I'm going to take the example of the biggest wave. When you're taking now a 350 of a two meter high wave, you just have to make 350 an hour. So now the interval could be much longer in between you can almost when go from eight seconds to 16 seconds and so wow. when you when you go to 16 seconds for example there's there's a lot of time in between so people can be faster in position uh, if somebody falls you don't have to waste one wave behind it you can the next person can go right away so you know just by 16 seconds you actually for the same offering because at the end you know you go to a park there is the, there's the, the offering on paper and there's the offering on reality. And this offering in reality is usually 20% less than the offering mm -hmm. on paper because people are falling um, and, uh, and so you have to let some wave go. So here you can, for the same 
offering, you can actually make less wave an hour, or you can do the same amount of you can do the same amount of wave that is on paper, and you have a better offering. Um, but just to go back to to this, what happens when you go from eight second to sixteen second? And I say sixteen second, but it can be it can be twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, whatever. Um, this depends on the wave you're actually making. First, the currents are. I mean, this is the most important thing. The currents are much smaller, and and just so you can understand this, I mean, it's it's. Uh, you can take the example of you filling up your bathtub, uh, and you try to push water on one side with your hands. If you if you do that every eight seconds, it's going to be a mess really fast, and the water is going to turn into bathtub really really fast. When you do it every sixteen seconds, the water is going to turn, but it's going to turn slower, and it's actually not. At one point, it's going to reach like kind of like, um, you know, uh, a stability. Uniform. Yeah, yeah, stability exactly. And so when you, you, this to go back to the pool, now when you putting more time um, in, between, in between waves, you can actually put more waves in a set. And so, so you, you cycle, you're actually making more waves. And then your set of time, if you use set of time after the sets is actually also shorter. So that's how Nick, to go back to, to your thing, it's, uh, to, to what you said, we can make, even with intervals that are way longer, we actually can make the same amount of wave per hour. So the capacity and the number of wave per surfer actually doesn't change with the intervals. Fantastic. Okay, so what's what kind of um, figures are we talking about? Um, with the, with this, and actually, what do you term the space between sets? So what do you mean? What do you... Like obviously we've got the interval, which is the space between waves, yes. and the space between sets. What do you term that? Do you have a term for that? Well, that's that's the beauty of it. At one point, if the interval is high enough, which we we think it's in in the in the close range of of you know the sixteen second that I told you about for the biggest wave, you can run the pool continuously. Because ah, you so you don't need a space at all, which is brilliant. So you don't need the space at all, and and the smaller the wave is. Um, you know, the, the shorter is going to be the intervals. So we, we believe the intervals, depending on if you're making a wave for intermediate through a wave for expert, should be between, you know, 12 to, I would say, 20 seconds. And this needs to be dynamic. It cannot be the same for every every person. You know, when, you, when you're surfing a, a two-meter bearing wave and you're falling, you're going to need more time than when you're surfing a mushy one-meter wave. So mm -hmm. every session... And it also depends on, on, on you know, who is in your pool and, and how many people in your pool. The intervals should be choose to optimize the guest experience and, and the surfing experience. Because when you're talking about the guest experience, I mean, as Baptiste mentioned earlier, it's ideal to actually cater for longboarders, stand-up paddlers, boogie boarders, everybody who surfs. Yes. Yes. Uh, because ideally, we don't want to have a hierarchy in, in wave pools like we have in the ocean where people look down on on other types of crafts, do we? And we want to try and equalize the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that's why wave intervals, it's its unique for each uh, session. And who is in yes, so, so I think that, mm -hmm. uh, and, and honestly, when you talk to all surf park operators, obviously security is a key concern because if people, even if it's minor uh, hits and blows, etc., still is bad publicity. Uh, uh, so we don't want that. 
And if it gets pretty bad, it can turn into liability. So obviously, security is a key feature. And for that purpose only, Interval is an amazing uh, uh, way to uh, reduce that exposure for surfers and operators. And then, equally important, because we want our customers to be repeat customers, the Interval has to be adapted to who your customer is in the pool. And uh, 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 there are two things here. There are multiple surfer groups, different skill levels, different tools, different uh, gender, et cetera, et cetera. And there is also another thing, which is the, the amount of business that is made in the surf parks through privatization, okay? Uh, privatization for a, a, a sports event, a comp, a privatization for just a corporate seminar, or privatization just for friends that want to have the pool for themselves for uh, uh, for like two hours or mid, uh, half a day or a whole day. The system has to be able to actually cater every single uh, business opportunity differently. Because if you're privatizing the pool and you're like 15 friends, you don't need to have that machine uh, uh, creating a, a wave every six, seven or eight seconds because most of the waves will go unridden. Uh, so the interval is, is, is a security thing, but it's also a business opportunity thing because we all know that the surf pools uh, go after every surfer audience. So we just have to make sure that the pools, because they are man-made waves, are able to really produce what everybody wants to have. Because if you talk to longboarders, it's already for a lot of them a hassle when they surf a beach break because there's a lot of people, because it takes them more time to turn around, blah, 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 blah. So if the, the, the wave system reproduce some of the flaws of what we come across in the ocean, what's the good of it? So the interval is, is really that flexibility item that can honestly less expose anyone to, to, to health issues and uh, integrity issues and adapt to the consumers. So it sounds almost counterintuitive. Shortened amount of time equals more waves and more enjoyment for the people in the pool. Um, I'm, I'm interested to know how uh, you're messaging to, to get that word out when you talk to potential clients, when you talk to potential developers. Do you find it's a a difficult task to to get this message that uh, less is more, but it's actually more, <laughs> or however you want to phrase it. Well, um, there, we're actually uh, thank God today. First of all, a lot of those projects uh, either use the services of surf park consultants. Uh, to help them design uh, the business model, the standard operations, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of these uh, developers using those consulting services uh, introduce in the discussion somebody that has a, a great exposure to surfing. And most of these consultants too, they have visited and surfed most of the surf parks. So there is an awareness of that issue, of the six to eight second issue. And second, even if when those developers are not working with consultants, all of them have always visited uh, uh, existing surf parks uh, because pretty much now you have, a, you have a surf park on every continent. So if you're serious about a development and investment, you will have visited at least one of them. So there is an awareness. Uh, um, so the, the discussion is, is, comes naturally. The real, honestly, the real um, thing that we have to deal with is more this, this myth of the 1,000 wave an hour, 
because uh, um, if you start building your business model on selling one up to 1,000 wave an hour, uh, uh, and and that in reality people do not ever produce 1,000 wave an hour. They produce, as we said, 350 to basically 600. Uh, then what we have to fight is, okay, first of all, you have to move from 1,000 to, let's say, an average 500, okay? And this 500 will be produced, but in a very different way than what our competitors do, because we want to make sure that the consumer experience, etc., is better. So it's, it really is a key strategic discussion, but it usually comes in a, a, not right away when discussing uh, uh, opportunities with investors. It comes after, uh, but it's something that they're super aware of and conscious of. Uh, uh, and I think it, it's, it's uh, for us, uh, an amazing tool to promote uh, the tech because no owners of any sports facility want to be exposed to liabilities for one. And we all want, in surf parks, just like in any uh, venue, we want to have repeat customers. So, you know, less liability, better uh, uh, consumer experience is actually usually a pretty uh, pretty nice uh, sell for us. Well, that sounds awesome. I think it's a fascinating subject that um, that we've been talking about today, and it really clears up a lot of... A lot of things that I've been thinking about. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for that. Is there any, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, Nick, we, we, <laughs> we forgot one of the big points also, because intervals uh, are, have a lot of advantages. Like we talk about the surf experience, we talk about mitigating currents. Um, but, uh, you know, the more we work on it, the more we find advantages on, on having higher intervals in between waves. And what we found is, is I'd like to talk about it, it's the effect of higher intervals on, on power and peak power. Because I know it's one of the favorite topic of, of our main competitor. So I, I just wanted to touch, uh, to talk a little bit about it. Um, when you produce wave at high frequency, you, you peak power gain really high and, and then you stop and then it's going to zero. So at the end, um, at the end you average uh, consumption, it's, um, it's, um, you know, will be lower, but when you're creating this wave at a high frequency, the power is going to spike. Okay. And, and just, just see that as, um, you know, if you, if you run hundred meter and you go as fast as you can, and then you're waiting for 30 seconds, or if you take 30 seconds and you're just walking there, uh, to the finish line, both areas at the end, after this 30 second, they, they all at the same spot, but one used a lot of power really fast and the other one just walked there. So not a lot of power for 30 seconds. Interval is exactly the same thing. So if you do high frequency, peak power is going to spike and then stop. But when you, you extend these intervals, your peak power is going to be really low. Okay. And this is, this is really, really important because now if you, you see that, okay, I do not need six or eight second waves, and now I can go maybe a minimum of 12, then the power needed, you know, number of motors, um, transformer and all this installed, what is called installed power, then can significantly be lower. So intervals give you also a way to control uh, your peak power and, and higher intervals, you need less power to, to run uh, the machine. Can we translate that into some kind of cost savings? 
Uh, yes, I mean uh, cost saving for sure because um, you know when when you need so this is the installed power. So installed power, this is the maximum power you need at any given time to to make the wave. Um, and usually, you know, it's it's the number of, of, of electrical cable, the number of motors, um, you know, the the let's say the contract you're going to sign with um, with power companies. Uh, the size of the lines you need, the transformer, and all this. So it's it's like it's a it's a big chunk of of the capex, but also of the opex. So if you if you don't need as much as installed power, then everything is going down. The price, capex, and 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 your also your your bill is going to be lower because you're not asking for such big amount of power um, at any given time. Um, so yes, I mean this will will definitely everything will go down if you install power is going down. Sure, but do you guys have any studies that um, that work out exactly how much the, the, the cost of operating the OPEX and the, and the CAPEX goes down by like a percentage point or something? So it, it depends really on, on, on the operation. And that's why we, we really, every time we, we, we're working with our, with our clients, like we spend a lot of time helping them designing the operation with them. So then we can do a detailed power study and 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 then you know give them okay here is how much power you're going to consume in your low mid and high season and then they can optimize their um, you know their operations. Sure, I get it. There's like so many variables that you can only really work it out for on a client by client basis, right? It is yes, exactly. And this depends. Like if you are you private, are you looking for high throughput? Are you you know all this because this will completely change the operation. Yes, and, and it's, uh, is, does it have an impact from a cost perspective? Yes, it has a big impact on CapEx because the installed power is not going to be the same. And, and then from an OPEX perspective, it's also going to have an impact because you're going to manage your peak power in a, in a smoother way. However, when, when it comes to, um, when it comes to, um, uh, uh, to building the exact OPEX, etc., this is where... Uh, there's a lot of work that we actually need to do with the operators because you have to think of your standard day. You cannot just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fully use my reef zone, my bay zone, et cetera, et cetera. You have to say, okay, what is your standard day going to be like? Are you going to use 40% of the time on intermediate, 20% on advanced, 20% on expert, et cetera, et cetera. And for each of the session, do you want to have more people, less wave per people, less people, more wave per people, and that's really, honestly, the design of the operations that will then trigger uh, uh, the exact level of uh, e-consumption uh, that the system uh, uh, will generate to produce that, that amount of waves per hour with the proper interval, et cetera, et cetera. So coming up with standard uh, numbers or standard consumption, consumption per wave type uh, is kind of a hard one because... You know, uh, we, we have a lot of discussions going on. Some of them uh, uh, want to have 15 waves per hour per surfer. Some of them want to have some of them want to have 12 waves per hour per surfer because they believe it's enough, and 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 they all want to have the same number of surfers in the water, which is physically possible. So obviously, we'll have to manage the interval a little bit differently. So th this is why you know coming up with uh, simplistic uh, uh, values, just like the 1,000 wave an hour is something that may do a little bit of, uh, of good from a marketing standpoint, but is irrelevant uh, to some extent because 
you can't address the capacity, the interval, the number of people, the number of waves per people, etc., the same way when you're going to launch an expert wave and an intermediate wave. Uh, and, and the models, the business models, they have to include that. And that's where having more and more surf park consultants involved in deals mm-hmm. is something super useful uh, uh, because these surf parks, they're, they're very uh, uh, fine-tuned uh, uh, operations because the variety of consumers, the variety of boards that are used uh, uh, is pretty big. So coming up and plugging just one or two values here and there to come up with a, a, a pro forma and a return on investment uh, is, is easy, is, is a shortcut, but it's not really worthwhile. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing to do, isn't it? So guys, I really think that we've dug into mm-hmm. some really interesting topics today and I've learned a lot. Um, and I think it's vital for a lot of people out there when they are considering wave park operations. So thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll get back and chat with you soon. Thank you very much. Take care. And thanks a lot for the podcast and the articles, guys. Oh, the articles? Does somebody write articles? (laughs) Yeah, from time to time. From From time time to time. time. (laughs) Wait a minute. For your curiosity and stoke.